0: Christ Church. I'm Pastor Bob, Lee, pastor here at Christ Church. Glad you're with us today. Upper room folks, glad you are uh, with us as well up there, as well as all the folks who are uh, joining us uh, online today. And uh, we have been in a a pretty heavy series, agreed? I've been talking about baggage. And uh, today we we wrap that up, and uh, uh, we just really believe that uh, God has been working in these weeks uh, and that He's not done yet. So even though we wrap up the series uh, today, it doesn't mean we wrap up dealing with baggage, right? Uh, and so we just make that invitation to you that as life continues to unfold, Christ church uh, wants to be here for you as you deal with that, with that baggage. So it's not do the series and be done. Uh, that's No, that's why God put us here is to walk with you in that way. So we just make that general, uh, general kind of invitation. Uh, Today, uh, we wrap it up by looking at the baggage of uh, depression, and odds are, uh, if we believe statistics, uh, that there's uh, some of you, if not many of you in the room, uh, who are either dealing with that or at one time in your life uh, have dealt with that or at one time in your life will deal with the struggle uh, of depression, and so we look at that today. And uh, if you're one of those folks, I uh, need to start out with a, just a reassuring word for you this morning, and that is you're in great company, right? If, if this is a challenge that uh, has been part of your life or is part of your life, uh, you just need to know from the outset uh, that you're not the only one, uh, not just not the only one in the room, but uh, you're, you're not the only one uh, who is a Christ follower who has this challenge kind of continually working uh, in their life. Uh, we can go into Scripture here and experience guys like Moses, David, Job, Jeremiah, and Elijah. Would you all agree those are pretty heavy hitters? <laughs> I mean, those are pretty big guns, right? Those, those are, for those that aren't, you know, really into the Word a whole lot, just know that that God used these people in powerful, powerful ways. And yet, even so, we can go into the, in the Scriptures and see how they struggled with periods that we would look at and understand to to be depression, right? Just just struggling with the depths of what was going on uh, in their life, uh, and a lot of times uh, with these guys, at least uh, their, their depression was situational depression, right? It was directly related to the situation that they were going through. So you get you get uh, Moses there, right? And uh, Moses is leading God's people out of slavery in Egypt and they 're out in the wilderness, imagine that forty years they're wandering around in the wilderness. Uh, that alone would be kind of depressing, right? wandering around in the wilderness and the whole time what 's happening? The people keep complaining, 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 and who do they complain to? Moses finally where 's the guy down right? and he just gets bummed. He just gets really burnt out uh, and and bummed and if you go to numbers eleven uh, you'll you 'll hear in his own experience right he 's just like Lord. Man, I'm done. I, I've had enough. Right? And so just know from the outset uh, that, that this is something we talk about because it's something that's in the Word and it's just part of this reality of living uh, in, in a broken world. It shows up uh, not only situationally, but depression shows up in in lots of kind of places. If you do a little research on this stuff, right, there's at least 12 different uh, uh, diagnoses of of depression. Here's just some of them you may be familiar with. You know, clinical depression, bipolar depression, postpartum depression, menopausal uh, depression are common ones, right, that, that often people know. There's others as well. And uh, I just want to be uh, up front with you and, and say, remember where we started this series, that uh, I'm up here not to be your counselor. I'm up here to be your pastor, right? That's what I'm here. I'm also not up here to be your medical doctor. Uh, but as your pastor, I can say, you probably should talk to your medical doctor uh, if, if this is part of your life, if you're working through something right now. Uh, because uh, depression involves Uh, just medical realities uh, for us chemical imbalances and so forth and in the Christian community that's one of those kind of sensitive subjects you know geez should I take medication or should I not take medication and you know my faith should be strong enough I shouldn't have to take medication well you know what I take a pill every day for cholesterol (laughs) right and I know when I eat that red meat and I do the pasta and I do the stuff like that I really need that pill right? And I don't have that answer for you in terms of this. What I can tell you is that, that God works in a variety of different ways. And, and yes, there are times that, that God works in such incredibly miraculous ways that He can actually free you from that reality or that, that, that need for medication. But you know what? God works through medication, and that's okay, right? And, and so my cholesterol staying in a good place because I take that pill uh, every single day. And, and so don't limit the ways God can work to bring healing into your life. And, and if you need to reach out to that doctor and medication is part of that, okay. Hey, God's working uh, through that to be able to work in your life to get you in a better place. We okay with that? Yeah. Um, the big thing for us today as we look at, at depression is to identify what, what is this stuff, what does it feel like, what does it look like, right? And then as Christ followers in particular, what's, what's the call in our life in terms of how do, we, how do we deal with this thing, right? And we go into scriptures, so we can see what this looked like, what it, what it feels like. Just go to Psalm 102, and, and we get here, the psalmist just laying bare his life, right, just opening up to us what's going on in his life. And you can see as he describes what's going on in his life, these kind of symptoms that are often related to the experience of having depression working and active uh, in in our lives. It it goes like this. Don't turn away from me. So he's talking to God, right? He's talking to to God saying, don't turn away from me, God. In my time of distress, bend down to listen and answer me quickly when I called you. What is he experiencing? What… what when depression comes into our lives, when it begins to take hold of us, often we'll experience kind of a spiritual isolation, right? We, we think somehow that God's not listening, that God doesn't care, that, that somehow God's not doing anything, right? And we, we start getting into this isolation mentality. And, and that starts with this spiritual isolation. Then he says, uh, for my days disappear like smoke. And, and we start isolating and time, we begin to lose track of time, right? And and time just seems to wander from one day to another day to another day, right? My bones burn like red-hot coals. We often get physical realities, right? Just sickness, illness that, that impacts us in this experience. My heart is sick, withered like grass, and I've lost my appetite. Love this one. We get weight gain, we get weight loss, right? If this stuff is happening, these are signals that, that would say, hey, maybe i gotta, I got to start looking at something going on in my life, right? He says, I'm like, uh, like an owl in the desert, like a little owl far off in the wilderness, right? So what we do is we start cutting ourselves off. We feel, feel spiritually cut off, but then we start cutting ourselves off from our relationships and getting even more Relationally isolated. My enemies taunt me day after day. They mock and they curse me. So we get isolation going. We cut ourselves off from these relationships. And then, and then we start getting a little paranoid, or for sure we start thinking nobody cares, right? Nobody even notices. Nobody even cares, right? And we begin to close down. I eat ashes for food. My tears run down into my drink, right? we get this extended weight and experience of heaviness and sadness, right? So we're not talking here about just kind of temporary sadness, right? So many of you are going through a little temporary sadness today because the Green Bay Packers are not in the Super Bowl. Big deal, right? We're not talking about that, okay? That's a temporary sadness kind of thing. We're talking about a heavy, extended, weighty, pressing kind of sadness that never seems... To disappear, right? It just is constantly this blanket uh, over your life. It says, My life passes as swiftly as the evening shadows. I'm withering away like grass. You just, you just lose this sense of direction and the sense of purpose, right? Life just doesn't really begin to mean much. Probably the best image that we have, and the one that it actually Scripture. Uh, gives us for trying to understand this experience of depression working in our lives is the experience of being in a pit, right? Just being captured and encased at the bottom of a pit. You go to Psalm 40. Psalm 40 kind of identifies and says, he lifted me out of the pit. See that? The pit of despair. And, and that's kind of the image of what depression begins to look like in our lives. It weighs us down. It presses, our down, presses us down. I mean, the Bible never uses the word uh, depression. Instead, it, it'll use the phrase that the cast down, right, just been cast down and, and down in the pit and weighted heaviness uh, uh, of, of depression, right? And so the pit becomes kind of that image of, of what's going on for us uh, in that life. Now, I did a little uh, reading and trying to identify and understand this uh, with folks and I ran across a blog, a young woman uh, assumed named Laura, uh, and I, boy, I thought she kind of captured at least her own experience and probably for others, you know, kind of what this looks like, right? It says, I've been wa- walking through life quite happily and suddenly or gradually I find myself in that dark place sometimes I slide and grasp and struggle to stay on the level and sometimes it's as though the earth has been pulled out from beneath my feet once where once in the pit I look around worthlessness is here pointlessness is here self-loathing is here despair is here paranoia and psychosis are lurking in the corner None of them is a friend, and I don't want to stay. How do I get out of here? And that really becomes a question. Because this is the reality of what depression looks like and how it takes hold of our lives. The question becomes, what do we do? How, how, do, we, how do we get out of this pit? How do we, how do we get out of this place uh, in, 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 our, in our life? Well, kind of the first answer would be kind of a to-do list, right? Uh, And, you know, boy, I mean, you'll get that answer. Well, here's here's what you need to do. You just need to do these things. And they're good things. They're kind of good things to do, right? So there's some things you can just do, right? You can begin to eat better, right? If you're struggling with depression, uh, depression, a good idea to go home and throw out all that ice cream you've been binging on while you've been watching reruns of West Wing or whatever show you like, right? I mean, just go home and throw that stuff out, right? Just, just, yeah, get, get it gone, right? Get it gone. That's a good thing to do, right? Or you can just start exercising, right? Just start exercising, right? I mean, you made it a a, a New Year's resolution after all, right? Sure, you made it a New Year's resolution. Well, you know, start start exercising. Get your body moving. Better yet, start exercising with others. Get people that you're accountable to in your life so you're exercising uh, with others. Schedule your sleep. Get disciplined in your sleep. Make sure you don't nap all day because what happens when you nap all day? You're up all night, right? And so just start scheduling your sleep. And, of course, see a doctor or get engaged with a Christian counselor, right? Uh, Just a little caveat there, get engaged with a Christian counselor. If you're a Christ follower, a Christian counselor. Don't just go to a counselor who says they're a Christian. Go to a Christian counselor. A Christian counselor is somebody who's going to counsel you from a worldview that's based on Scripture, right? A, a, A counselor who's a Christian, good person, could be really helpful to you, but not the same thing. Get a Christian counselor, somebody who's going to understand you as you walk in faith and bring the wisdom of Scripture to bear uh, in your walk with them, okay? But these are all good things that you could do, right? You know what the problem with all these good things you could do? You're depressed and you don't want to do them. They're good things to do. Nobody in this room would probably say to anything in that list, man, that's a dumb thing to do when you're depressed. No, they're all good things to do. The trouble is what happens to us, we understand they're good things to do, and we get up our motivation, and maybe we'll start doing those good things for a little while, but eventually what happens? We fall backwards. We know they're good things to do. But we start doing it to ourselves on our own, we start relying on our own, then, then we start doing those things and we fall backwards. So we made that resolution, we're going to start exercising every single day in 2019. And how many have already failed? I'm on the list, right? Because it's just the nature of us. We're broken human beings. It is the nature of our brokenness. And and so we get these good intentions, we get in this, this pit of despair and in this depression, we know what we ought to do, but somehow we just can't get there. How do we get there? The answer is beyond ourselves. The answer is beyond ourselves. The answer for us is in Psalm 40. Now, I shaded some of the uh, words here, right? I'm going to read this, and when I hit a shaded word, which is the first word, I want you to go ahead and shout that out, okay? Uh, so I'm going to read that, but you shout out the shaded words uh, in, in the scripture. You ready to go? All right, wake up. Here we go. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and mire, set me, some of my feet on solid ground, and, and uh, steadied me as I was walking along has given me a new song to sing a hymn of praise to our God many will see what he has and be amazed you'll be amazed what God can do in your life when you stop relying on yourself and you start relying on him here's a news flash, you ready? life is not about you when we get in the pit what happens? when we get in the pit of that depression life becomes all about what? All about us. All we can see is us. All we can think about is us. We're captured in it. We've sunk deep into it. It is the blanket that overwhelms us. And the answer is not us. Put yourself in the pit. Put yourself down at the bottom of the pit Where is the only place when you're at the bottom of the pit that light comes from? That would be up. Where is the only avenue for the exit from the pit? That would be up. What is the only thing you can do when you're in the pit? To get out of the pit, you gotta look up. You gotta look up. The answer for us is always there. It's to look beyond ourselves and begin to understand He can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We got to look beyond ourselves. So, do what? You've heard this phrase this whole series, right? Hopefully, it's getting through to you. Tag your bag. Call it what it is. Understand what's going on in your life. Tag your bag and look beyond yourself. Tag your bag and look beyond yourself look to the one who is greater and more powerful and can do what you cannot do for yourself the guys in the bottom of the pit in Psalm 102 he describes all this stuff that's going on in his life and then what does he do he looks beyond himself and he recognizes the incredible power and sovereignty of God he says but you O Lord you O Lord will sit on your throne forever your fame will endure to every generation. For the Lord will rebuild Jerusalem. He will appear in his glory. He will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. What does the psalmist understand in the pit? He has to look beyond himself to someone greater than himself. Jesus set us up for this. Jesus tried to get this through to us before he left right? He's got his disciples gathered together, and he explains the truth and the reality of our brokenness and the hardship we're going to face in the world. He says, look, I told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, wow, here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows. But take heart. Why should we take heart? Because he has done what? He has overcome the world. Think about it. Do you know anybody else? Do you know anybody else in history who was not only in the pit, but he was put in a pit and a stone was rolled over the top and he was captured and isolated in absolute darkness, dead in a tomb. And what did he do three days later? He rolled a stone and he walked out alive. If he can do that... He can bring you out of the pit. There is nothing going on in your life that he is not greater than. There is nothing going on in your life that he is not stronger than. There is no pit deep enough that he can't reach the bottom. The Holy Spirit is waiting to get loose in your life. You need to start turning loose a supernatural power in your life that you don't have on your own, that only he can bring, only he can give. You need to start turning loose a supernatural power in your life that can bring forgiveness and grace and power and strength and can move you up that ladder rung by rung by rung and bring you out into the light. How do we get out of the pit? Tag your bag and look beyond yourself. He can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Amen? Amen. That's the answer. Now you say, okay, wow, tag your bag, look beyond myself. I got it. No, there's more to it. Now there's nothing I'm going to tell you next that is going to surprise you, okay? You're not going to walk out of here this morning and say, man, that last message Pastor gave on bags. I never heard that before. That was awesome, fantastic. You're not going to walk into the office tomorrow and say, man, my pastor just blew my mind on Sunday with this new revelation. Not happening today. Not happening today. But what I am going to share with you is truth. Just simple truth truth how do you look beyond yourself and turn this power loose in your life Tag your bag look beyond yourself and get to worship every week now once a month not every other week not when it feels convenient tag your bag and get to worship every week. If you go to your doctor and you have an illness and your doctor says, I have this pill here, and if you would take this pill once a week, this will absolutely make you feel better and put you in a better place in your life. How often would you take that pill? The answer ought to be once a week. Why would you not do that in your spiritual journey? Because you know, you know that when you come to worship, Jesus Christ is here. He is working. He is ready. He is powerful. He is at the table. And he will unleash his spiritual forces in your life and rid you of your baggage. Why would you not be here? Because he will bring you to a new and better place. He will do for you what you can't do for yourself take your bag, look beyond yourself, get into worship. The psalmist said, listen, this is what happened. I looked beyond myself, and I began to sing a new song, and I began to sing a hymn of praise to our Lord. Be in worship. Read the Bible every day. Pray how often? Constantly. Get engaged with that power that is greater than yourself. Two, take your bag Begin to serve. If you're going to look beyond yourself, you've got to really look beyond yourself. You start pouring your life into somebody else. When we get in the pit, we get in isolation. We begin to think life's all about us. We get captured in our own self-interest, and we wallow at the bottom of the pit. The way out, the way out is look beyond yourself and begin to look into other people's lives. Begin to pour yourself into other people's lives. Find a ministry and begin to serve. You know it takes over a hundred people a week to accomplish Sunday morning here at Christ Church. Between our kids ministry, between our youth ministry, between what happens on Sunday morning, it takes over a hundred people a week to make this work on Sunday morning. Why are you not serving? Pour yourself into somebody else. Pour yourself into a ministry get engaged in making a difference. You see, the evil one would like nothing more than to have you sit on the sidelines in depression. You see, if the evil one can keep you in the bottom of the pit, it means you will make absolutely no significant difference for the kingdom of heaven. And the evil one would love it if you would settle for that. But when you look beyond yourself, and you look into other people's lives, and you get engaged in ministry and start making an eternal difference, guess who gets scared? Because he knows when you start doing this, the pit becomes impossible. The pit becomes impossible because something greater is working in your life, and you are making an eternal impact that keeps you a level above. Look beyond yourself. Start serving. Get involved. Maybe it's a small group. You're not surprised at that. Maybe it's coming to celebrate recovery, wherever you are emotionally. But get engaged in other people's lives. Start serving somewhere. It's the way out of the pits. Take your bag and get ready for the witness that God is going to accomplish. So here's the way it works. We take our bag. We acknowledge what's going on. We look beyond ourselves, and we let God loose in our lives. That's going to force us to experience him every week in worship, all the time in Scripture, constantly in prayer. It's going to drive us into ministry, into the lives of other people, into small groups. And here's the next step as he begins to bring you higher and higher and higher out of the pit, okay. as he begins to move you higher and higher and higher on the ladder out of the pit, he is going to bring somebody else into your life and give you the opportunity to share with them what he has done. You follow that? That's the way it works. The way out of the pit is to allow him to work so that you now have a witness and a story to tell that's going to serve somebody else who's in the bottom of a pit somewhere. What he'll do is build you up and raise you up and build you up and raise you up, and he'll get you to a place where you're going to get engaged with somebody who is struggling, and you're going to be able to tell them, take your bag and look beyond yourself, because Jesus Christ can do for you What you can't do for yourself. This is real stuff. I'm not trying to minimize the power or the extent at which depression can take over our lives, but I can't equally minimize what Jesus Christ can do in your life. Tag your bag. Look beyond yourself. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, uh, it's been a heavy four weeks for us here, uh, but we believe that in these weeks you have been working. And so we just humbly come to you today and we ask, don't stop. Uh, Whatever the baggage is in the room today, help us to go ahead and put a tag on it, to bring it to you, to look beyond ourselves and to know that you're always the answer, that you can do what we can't do for ourselves. So, Lord, I just want to pray today over everybody in the room that whatever it is, we could take that bag, leave it today in this room, and be that new person when we walk out, ready to serve you, ready to do everything for the cause of the kingdom of heaven. Give us such a power. Unleash the spiritual forces of heaven, the armies of heaven in our lives that our lives will make an eternal difference. We humbly ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.